Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Formula of Film. We are coming pretty hot with a new episode already after we just did Uncut Gems. Right, and I'm um, going to talk all in a British accent in this one. Not really. <laughs> I wouldn't. I would quit. I'd be, I'd be like, all right, this is. I this would be it. We'd have 17 seconds, and I'd be fucking done. And then no more podcasts. We're done. Yeah. Um. I I, I would quit myself to be honest. Yeah. But yeah, we're we're coming in pretty quickly with another episode, which is awesome. I, yeah. I'm happy that we're doing this, but I mean, hopefully we can do more. We can be quick like this with episodes like this, although we're going to be doing the recommendations episodes as well. No, um, I think that's what I think that's what we're going to do more. I think the only reason we ended up doing two was because uh, there were two pretty good movies that came out that we wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. Two at least interesting movies to talk about, you know. But right. and that I mean, doesn't always happen. This that doesn't is like movie and it's not season. Gonna, yeah, so. it's not going to happen for a while because, uh, Jan like late January, mid January is usually a really bad time for film. It's, it's and the shit season. February is usually horrible, and then yeah. March is where it starts to pick up a little bit. You start to get a couple good movies, and so yeah, this one will thing probably... about February, I gotta say. It's probably everyone's least favorite month overall. Dude, February is the shortest. <laughs> it is. No, February is the shortest month, but it always feels like the longest fucking month. Oh, I, I know. That's what I'm saying. And I think the reason why whoever invented the calendar, Gregorian man, made the calendar. I can't. I don't know his name. But um, I think he was like, I fucking hate February. Make so it made the it shortest shorter. fucking month. Yeah. <laughs> That Sometimes is, a little longer, just just for that one person who really likes February as a month, but we'll only give them one day extra. Yeah, that is probably why they that. made it so short. Because yeah, I fucking hate. He was February. like, dude, this month drags <laughs> fucking ah. I already feel like I'm in February. He had to even be, though it's not February. <laughs> like I mean, especially if you live up north in the winter, mm. like. When, because February is like usually just the dr- the dregs of winter, and you're like counting down the days <laughs> until fucking uh, spring hits, you know. So it just like feels forever because you're you're anticipating spring, and while you're in anticipation of some nice weather, the days feel so much longer because you're just and like, up- I gotta get over this fucking cold shit. Yeah, and it's usually a dry, like, cold, so yeah. there's no, like, beautiful snow out. It's just, like, fucking shit. You walk outside, and you're like, I wish I wasn't even alive this month. We could just sleep through it. I wish we were bears. That would be nice. Then we could just, just hibernate sleep right through yeah. February. It would be nice, but we can't, so here we are doing a podcast about a pretty damn good movie called 1917, about a year, actually, about a moment in that year. I think it was during that year. I would assume it was during 1917. Yeah, it was yeah, like during they, the summer yeah. or something. They tell you, like, <laughs> 1970, like, the movie begins and says 1917, and it gives you the date and everything. Right. Yeah. And I, first thing I want to say about this movie is uh, I really enjoyed that they did a movie on World War One because you don't see too many of them out there. Like, I can't even remember the last World War One movie. 
Do you know of a World War One movie? Because I thought Dunkirk was going to be a World War One movie, but it was actually a World War Two movie, wasn't it? Yeah, Dunkirk was, is yeah. World War Two. Yeah, it was World War Two. So you still didn't get any World War One there. Yeah, and now this one, like, it it, it was very well done for a, a World War One. Yeah, movie there's too. not a lot of there's not a lot of World War One stuff out there. It's I don't really know why, but I think I think it's just World War Two. Um, probably at least in American history is uh, is more glorified than World War One. So that's probably why you don't get as many blockbuster films on World War One as you would on World War Two because because of Americans' involvement in World War Two. You know what I heard, and I I, I think this is the uh, pretty spot on reason is because it's an easier story to follow. There's a clear villain. Like Hitler, you got that. And there's a clear, like, good guy. Like, the Allies are, like, the good guys in World War Two. Mm-hmm. In World War One, there is still that, but who the fuck is the the enemy there? Like, there's no person that you can think of as an enemy. Like, I don't think of Wilhelm, the Emperor or whatever, of Germany as the Yeah, there's no, the like, notorious I, villain like Hitler, right. you know. And, and then you also have... S- fucking stalin and stuff like that you know you got stalin you, you got hirohito you, you have you got, all these dudes uh, that uh, are like Mussolini. yeah you have all these guys that are like legends like, even the even the people who are like um like churchill and you know churchill and then uh, uh who's the fdr and then fdr you got them all. yeah fucking... so you have just all all of these like big name people in in politics you know in mm-hmm. world history that are involved in world war Two. yeah so no there's just a just a lot more um, of a story. Of, yeah, like, just a lot more of well-known people for for, right. for people to watch a movie and go, "Oh, I know Hitler's probably gonna be in this shit." He's the man. and everybody can agree that he's a fucking asshole, except for maybe neo Nazis, but they're fucking assholes anyway. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, yeah, and if there's any neo Nazis listening to this, fuck you. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> Fuck you. You're a piece of shit. I feel no regrets saying that. No. Um, Okay, so back to the movie at hand, 1917, which is a movie about uh, uh, pretty much uh, two messengers. Um, I think they're Lance Corporals who are uh, trying to carry a message from one, like, one end of this battlefield to another across no man's land as they call it um to save uh i think 1600 people who are going to die uh, they're going to fall into a german ambush the uh this is about the uh, uk army um and they're sending these guys over to stop an attack that will happen on the Germans because the Germans are actually ready for the attack and going to ambush and probably kill all of the 1600 people who are going to run into that battle. Yeah. So, um, that, that's what this entire movie is all about. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty and simple premise, it's, which it is, is simple. It's, it's, it's nice though. I, I like, I like the um, simple premise. That they and have. just to, just to interject, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this, was written and directed by Sam Mendes. Um, yes. And uh, 
we'll say the cinematographer because he's a huge name in cinematography, which is Roger Deakins. Uh, he's done mm. a lot of really like really good films and is the genius behind a lot of great cinematography uh, in Hollywood right now. And, um, and then it stars uh, George McKay and Dean Charles Chapman, who are relatively, I mean, George McKay is like really unknown. Very um, unknown. Yeah. And Dean Charles Chapman, people would recognize him as uh, Tommen. King Tommen. King yeah. Tommen. And then there's Benedict Cumberbatch and Colin Firth are other big name actors, but they don't really use, you know, they're barely in the film at all. Everyone other than them, uh, two that Steve mentioned first, are practically little side characters with yeah. maybe maybe collectively together like ten minutes of screen time. Yeah, very with very, all those characters. Yeah, they're they're the they're the focal points. The two uh, George McKay and Dean Charles Chapman are the are the focal points of the of the film. Right. Um, yeah, and like Kevin said, it it follows them in just a moment of time. Um, whatever the, the film is like two hours long so yeah i think it's only the course of like two days or something uh yeah it, it might even be one day to be honest it's not even though i think it's like probably like 12 hours yeah yeah which which i think i guess makes a ton of sense mm-hmm. um yeah and you only see one night time so it wouldn't yeah. make a ton of sense that it's only over the course of like 16 hours or something like that yeah and the and the um, big the big thing about this film and that's why I mentioned Roger Deakins is that um, it does something similar to Birdman and when it tries to uh, make it feel like it was done basically in one take, right? Which it totally feels that way. Which it totally feels that way. There's one I, like I, I don't there's one real cut in the middle of the movie when. Um, when he gets uh, nicked by the bullet, and he gets like knocked out. Oh yes, that's, that's where it clear, cuts. That's a clear cut. Yeah, you that's can the totally clear. See that. That's the clear cut in the whole. And actually, it. I do want to say one thing about that. It made that scene even more uh, meaningful when they did the cut there, mm-hmm. because you you hadn't had a cut the entire time, so it just felt like it was longer, and you're like. Oh my God! Did he die? Did something? Ha- it felt more uh, impactful because of uh, because they didn't have a cut beforehand. I feel that way, anyways. I, th- I think that was the reason. If they had more cuts, that wouldn't have felt as impactful at that moment. No, I mean the fact <laughs> that there is barely. I mean that's the only noticeable cut in the whole film. The fact that I think that that makes everything that happens super impactful. Right. And that, and yes, it, it intensifies like the drama of that part too, because you're you're holding on to like these characters that you've met, you know, and then that happens. Um, and they did a damn good job with that. I, I do want to mention one thing um, before we continue with the movie itself. The trailer to me was such a perfect trailer because I had no fucking idea what this movie was actually. I, it, it it made you excited for the film, but and I knew that beforehand. I was like, "Oh, this is a pretty damn good trailer." But after watching the movie, I didn't even realize like that one guy was going to to die in the movie. 
because just the way that that trailer was done not not that trailers usually give that information but they gave like no indication it felt like this this was a story about two guys and it was going to be about those two guys the entire time yeah no the uh, the, i i i actually really like the trailer of this film too just for the fact that it shows you how intense the movie is but it doesn't spoil anything right yes it spoiled absolutely nothing you had no you, you only knew who the main characters were and you thought actually to me when i watched it i thought the uh the guy who played king king tommen or what whatever mm-hmm. i thought Dean he Charles. was the main character yeah I yeah i did too when i was character. watching it i thought he was going to be the main character i was like well you know i expected him even when the movie began yeah like they, they you really feel that way they make you feel they they kind of make you feel attached to his character in a sense like just the way that he's going about things and the reasoning for why he wants to do this you know and the reasoning for why he has to do get over there it makes you feel attached to this character which i felt was a very good way of doing it because you get like you get even more like feeling like you're there and like you know these people you know right yeah because when it starts off it's it's like it's about this guy's brother Mm -hmm. and you're like oh okay he must be going to it must be about him going to save his brother this entire time he has the drive to do it and i think when they passed off the baton to the other guy and made it more of his mission it was just so well done when they when they did that after the other guy passed away so um yeah i i I think like i said the the trailer made no indication of what would happen and i think a lot of trailers actually do kind of fail with that um oh yeah and and this movie did not so yeah to any any directors or whoever is listening to this podcast well i don't (laughs) think a lot of trailer more like that (laughs) i don't think a lot of uh directors or or people who are involved in that have control of it i think i guess producers uh, it's probably the marketing team Mm, it's probably the marketing team and the company in general how they want to portray a movie because obviously they think they know how to sell something you know they think they know how to sell something better than somebody so they are going to do it in the way that they want to do it they're, they probably because if a if a director had control of it, they're not going to want to show you shit, dude. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, imagine... the director had more power over this one. Maybe Sam Mendes is like, I'm going to make this fucking trailer, and I know what to make it, and that's why it was so good. But, um, yeah, I I was just so like blown away by it, uh, the, how good that trailer was. But back to the movie, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so basically it starts off and you have um, them kind of beckoning the one uh, the one guy. Probably should get his character name. Blake. His name Blake. was Blake. Blake. Yeah. Well, that's his last name. Yeah, but they, um, they only reveal his first name at the very end of the movie. So you don't know either of these guys his first name i actually thought his first name was blake for a very long time so yeah so Um, they yeah so they summon blake and then he picks uh schofield yeah to friend there to accompany him he doesn't know what's gonna happen he just because he's just kind of of a 
retriever type dude so he doesn't know what his mission is going to be and the guy's just like hey guy you got to pick somebody to come with you so he picks obviously who must guy must be kind of his one of his closer buddies yeah they said Um, they were friends yeah to to accompany him and they go and it just follow i think one of the most amazing things is that they had to build this world right like they had to build a like i i saw something where it said that the trenches are like over a mile long yeah like they well they're yeah they're just under a mile actually 5200 oh. feet and 5280 feet is a mile so just under a mile. still a fucking ton so that's a lot of digging of that digging. they had to do yeah and then you know like in and it has to follow these two guys between and just the the coordinating that you would have to do, like how much time everybody would have to spend. Not only the two actors that are going to be in the film, but the cameramen, the 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 sound guys, the you know, just everybody who's walking around this. The all the extras, all the other too. extras and stuff, because you yep. have to know like. Okay, when do I got to come in here? When do, when should I move? When should I do this and all that to make it look completely authentic? So the coordinating that has to be done because the majority of the scenes are filmed in like nine nine minutes, I think. The majority right. of them are nine minutes long, which is wild, man. Like especially for a film of this magnitude, like scenes that are going to be nine minutes long is just unheard of. You know, like this just... Right. you don't do that because it's so fucking hard to do um yeah especially in a war film you know because there's so many people in in a war so there's just so much coordinating that you have to do and it's just uh the technicalities in this film are amazing and they're definitely one of the biggest reasons what that makes this film really good right and and i really liked the effect the effect of following the trench line. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that the movie would have been nearly as impactful without that. Um, and I think they were really just trying to show you how shitty trench life was. Because if you think of anything of World War One, there's one thing that sticks out. It's it's trench war warfare, mm-hmm. and they really wanted to like bring that home there and show you how shitty it was. And they did a real good job because they had all, had all these people like lining the trenches. Uh, other movies I've seen that actually use trenches. Usually there's not too many people like in the trenches, but this showed like tons of people in the trenches, which yeah. um, felt very real. Like when you're in war, there's going to be a ton of people around. And if you're in a trench and you're just huddled side by side with people that's just real shit yeah and uh they really showed how how bad that was and i felt like horrified while i was imagining it like i couldn't i was imagining myself in that situation like you can't climb out of the trench you're probably dead Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you do uh so you're just kind of sitting there afraid uh shivering in this fucking hole side by side with with other guys yeah. who are probably just shitting it's, all over the place puking coughing uh, it, it, all you, over the place you know what i think he did he made it almost feel like a coffin 
kind of mm, like tight like that. this is where you're gonna die man like like where they show where like people are like sleeping and stuff and they're in these like little tiny cubby holes you know in mm. the trench and it looks like a fucking coffin you know because you're just in there so if anything like it's uh basically it just shows how like how war maybe made these people feel like hey i'm already fucking dead man i'm sitting here in this trench just waiting for my turn to die so it's basically your coffin and i think that that's kind of part of like i don't think it's the message of the film but it's kind of a thing a, a thing that they kind of talk about a little bit throughout the film you know like they, they do the impending doom of being at war and the oh no the, doubt the understanding that hey man you have no control of this shit someone else is pushing the button and you're just fucking along for the ride you know so you it's it's not really your choice if you're gonna live or die like it's someone else's choice basically right like is kind of what they're saying in this film i mean it's you take your own you know you make your own risks and you make your own life but there's that thing where it's just like this is we're here because someone else is doing this to us, not because we want to be here, you know, and because like, so they kind of, uh, they definitely push that, they push message, that I message. Feel. Yeah. They I feel they totally that. push that message because, um, when, when he finally meets up with, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, his character Schofield, um, and he delivers the message, uh, Schofield or the Benedict Cumberbatch's character is just like, I'm not going to do this fuck this he's like these guys have been telling us to go here and then our men die over there he said if we don't attack now we're just gonna die another day anyway it doesn't matter they're just gonna send us somewhere else and we're gonna die there instead Mm -hmm. so what the fuck's the difference is pretty much what he said yeah and yeah it's like what you said you have absolutely no control over when you're just over your own life is there someone else Mm -hmm you're taking orders from and you're just blindly following and, and dying for someone else's cause. Um, just like, just like, uh, the mainish character, Blake, how he died. I mean, uh, he, he died he being died. helpful. <laughs> that was another thing. What, one thing I do want to mention is they really, really shit on, on Germans pretty bad. Like, they made them almost feel like they were super duper evil. I don't know if it's just they wanted to show that light because it's an American movie, and maybe Germans were well, no, just it's that a British terrible. Movie. Sam Mendes well, is British. Oh, it's British. Oh well, yeah. maybe they just really wanted to shit on the British uh, or yeah. on the um, German. Germans because every time they went to just like random act of kindness sort of thing. So the um. Uh, Blake, he goes to save the guy who's like on fire inside of his. Well, his they plane. save him, and they save him, and they're like, "He's, I'm gonna help you. I'm trying to help and you." He gets and the stabbed. one guy's like, "Just let him die. Get, give him a quick death." But he's like, "No, I'm gonna help him because he's like this young kid, and he's just he's wanting to help people." And the fucking pilot, who who's practically paraplegic at that point, he can't even move. His legs were on fire. He just stabs Blake, who's trying to help him. Um, and I don't know if it's, if it's them showing that there's like a communication issue between the two and that, and that's the reason, but it it made them, it made the Germans feel a little bit ruthless because later on, uh, when they're in the, when, um, Schofield is running through the city, that's completely dark and full of Germans. There's this 
all, all you can see is pretty much shadows, and there's a shadow of a guy in the distance. And he could have been looking at another German. He probably had no fucking idea. And he just starts, and the German just starts shooting and chasing the the English guy, the 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 British guy, Schofield. Yeah, um, I actually was he, gonna say that my only criticism of this film is that he did kind of dehumanize like the German the German soldiers uh like I I would be perfectly fine like with the guy stabbing the kid because like right yeah um just the way that they set that up like you said it could have been a communication barrier and he doesn't understand what's going on or he's like belligerent and like he just came out of a fu- he just crashed his fucking plane and he's was on fire and shit so he's like delirious right. or whatever like so that's explainable but like the certain parts where uh like I felt like there was a there was a point where when he's running through the city which was fucking amazing like just that was amazingly amazing. done <laughs> yes. awesome on city. a technical aspect it was just so fucking good like the the Phenomenal. the lighting with the flares and all of that oh. stuff was just probably some of the most amazing like lighting and show that I've ever seen in a film. Like that's when, when the flares go up and he starts like going down and uh, like walking through with, with the flares, the church or yeah, whatever. When he leaves that spot and the flares are popping up and like that, you hear the German soldiers and stuff like that. That uh, moment is probably one of the best moments in a war film that I've ever seen. Like it was, yeah, just, it, w- it was cool. It was terrifying, beautiful and horrendous all at the same time. You know, it was just yeah, like one I of those agree. moments where you see it and you're just like, wow, man, this, it was absolute genius. But I felt like when he was running through the, those streets and he comes across those two dudes where the two, one who's the like one, super fucking guy. drunk and the other one. Yeah. I felt like that was a moment where he could have had the other guy just pretend that he didn't see him and let him go past. Right. Like that was yeah. the moment Humani- where humanize him that, just slightly yeah. because, because he's like, shh, be quiet. And the guy's like, okay. And then he was just like, he, he turned yeah, on. Yeah. I and felt it was like, like a young guy and it just, it just didn't, it didn't, it feel, didn't right. feel right. Maybe it, that's how it was, but yeah. it just felt like the, the, the British guys were more like, um, were just so much kinder. And had an actual moral compass, and the Germans yeah. didn't have any moral compass. Yeah, like that. That was my one criticism that was, as well. That was my only criticism because I I felt in that moment, like you still could have had all the hectic stuff going on, him being shot at by these other people and stuff. Sure. Um, but just that one guy letting him go because then it just shows you that not every soldier that's there is ruthless there could be those could be two other dudes that are doing the same thing that these two other guys are on the opposing side you know right so i felt like they should have done i felt like that was the opportunity to capture those kind of moments um but in the end it became like i just did not like that part because it became the scene of him like just choking a fucking dude out right like so ruthlessly i just felt it didn't fit with the rest of the movie and the rest of the message of the film that they were going for. Like that's, that's what I felt. I too. just felt like it just didn't coincide with the whole message, especially when the end hit. 
mm. and the whole message you see this whole message and you're just like i don't know like that was the one part where i just and even when it was going on i just felt like i didn't hate it but i was just like okay man right like, this because... is what that was literal. that's literally one of those scenes where it's like You've, I've seen that before. I've seen that happen before where it's like, oh, shh, be quiet. Oh, no, I got to strangle him to death. Uh, you know, so right. I just I just felt like it didn't didn't work for me in the film. But other, it, I mean, it, it, it didn't work with the message. I, I, I will agree with you because uh, the message was like you want to survive to get back to your family. You want to mm-hmm. survive at all costs. And it pretty much showed the Germans like well, we're not going to try to survive at all costs. We're going to just fucking kill whoever we see sort of thing. And in that moment, it would have been more humanizing and blend with the message a little bit more if he did let him go because then everybody would have survived and it would have made a lot more sense because the Germans are people too and they really, uh, they they probably want to get back to their families just as much as the other guys do. They don't really give a fuck about the war. They're just doing it because of someone else's orders. Yeah. And just like you said, they're just being ordered to do something that they they don't really want to do. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but I mean, I think if I think it it's it, a small it is a small gripe, and it does show the atrocities of what like someone, you know, you you actually like they just do a good job of building these characters in a small amount of time that they have, um, and in just in this one moment that you just feel you almost feel like that's even out of character for that guy you know right that's another thing yeah 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 but that's although true. i mean you have to do whatever like like you said the, one of you the best you gotta you do, do whatever you gotta do and that i mean that is something that you would have had to do to survive if that opportunity arose <clears throat> it just in the in the world that he created i just felt like it didn't it just didn't feel good but i mean that's right. war it doesn't feel good so um but it but um, another thing that I want to say is just, so you have the, they built all the trenches and stuff, but even out, even outside of that, like when they go out and you see like all the, um, the, the artillery and how many like bullets, how all the ammo on the side of it and oh, stuff yeah, and yeah, all the yeah, ammunition yeah, yeah. and them like, mm. like it just shows the scope of that and mm-hmm. how like even the aftermath how scary even though no one's there how scary that is like just seeing that exactly like how terrifying and horrifying that is like i don't think i've ever really seen another uh war movie really show it in that kind of aspect like that you know in that kind of no it was haunting it was to be super haunting yeah super duper haunting like whenever they're like even when they when they first like peek their heads up of the trench and they're like the dead horses and stuff, and they have to go through mm-hmm. and the mud and the nastiness, and it was just like it is was super fucking haunting. Like it was like a ghost, like a like a horror movie. Like they're, you're walking through, like uh, you know, and something's gonna pop out at you type thing. Like it was, yeah, it was terrifying without like anything scary happening. You know, like it was just horrifying. I did jump ten feet in one in one spot when that rat. Ran into that fucking... Oh, the bomb. <laughs> that, yeah, that bomb. Oh, my God. Scared the shit out of me. I knew the bomb was going to go off, but I didn't expect it to be as quick as it, as, as it was. So it scared the shit out of me. But, yeah. Um, one uh, one thing I want to mention about the haunting is they did a very good job. You had mentioned death before and, like, the um, uh, 
the trenches being like a coffin, I think that they were really trying to hit home about how um, much death is in war because, I mean, they gave you the reactions of, of um, those two guys like falling into like dead bodies. One, at one moment, uh, Schofield stuck his hand his hand that was yeah, already cut up inside oh. some other guy's like stomach. And then when he's, uh, when he's swimming around later on, he like goes off this, um, waterfall and then just hits a dam. And it's just like a dam full of dead bodies. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, and, and, and they show like, he's absolutely horrified every single time. And, and it makes sense. Like they were really good at showing how, um, hor- horrific it would be to just like run into dead body after dead body after dead body mm-hmm. um, and it was it was crazy the other interesting thing that I that I read uh, just to kind of keep it along with the dead bodies there um, was when Blake had died um, you it would it would pan away from him and then kind of show him again and his face would just kind of get whiter and whiter yeah. and whiter if you noticed and that is not something they usually like in my opinion do that well usually uh, when they show a dead body it's kind of got the same sort of face as it always as the person always had but um, really with dead bodies you would you would become flushed very fast and. Uh, they they showed that effect really well. Um, I actually really noticed it when I was uh, was watching it. I no, like, I wow, did too. They, yeah, they, <laughs> they made that look very well, realistic. When it, that's when you know he's he's dying because he starts to like he's yeah he, he lost he's lost all color in his face. You know, so I was like, oh yeah. shit, man, he's gonna fucking die, man. And, and I even I was sadder. surprised. Yeah, <laughs> I was just surprised because you know I you think that it's a story about these two guys and making yeah. it, you know? Um, yeah, I was upset at that part. It yeah, was it was. And, and it's because they, he did a really good job of building these two characters in a very short amount of time. Like you just, you, he just does these like little tiny, like, uh, like, interactions between other people like when like when right. they're walking down the trenches and stuff and he like bumps into the one guy and the guy's like fuck you like you're walking the fucking wrong way or whatever and he's like grabbing onto him and he's like i gotta go and you start you just he's a you just you feel for that guy you know because he wants right. to save his brother so bad like not only is he trying to stop 1600 people from their doom it's his, also his brothers over there so he's like thinking about his brother so you feel for this guy because you know he just wants to get to like he really just wants to get uh, to his brother, and I think that that's the one another thing that they just did really well with this film was it's not like you're saving Private Ryan, which I think is one of the best war films of all time. It's it's more intimate than Saving Private Ryan. I think it's more on the level of just these because in Saving Private Ryan you kind of have these like. Although at the end they try to make you feel like, oh, you know, they were just regular dudes. There's still this like kind of enigma, like big feeling with these guys. Right. Like, and especially yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Tom Hanks, you know, so you have this huge name actor. Yeah, and they stuff. feel more like heavy hitters. Yeah. It feels more, it's a blockbuster movie, you know, so it feels, right. it feels more like a movie. 
Where this, since you have kind of unknown actors in these in these roles, and just the way that they do it, it makes you, it makes it feel more intimate, and now you feel like you're more on the level of just how shitty it was for them to go through this, you know, for for yeah one for the individual soldier to go who's basically you you know probably feels insignificant to anything to to go through this like crazy thing which is what a lot of which is probably what the majority of any soldier went through you know during world war one or world war two or vietnam or whatever war you were in you know this 12 hours of time is probably the experience that a lot of soldiers had you know Right, and they well, they did. Uh, I, I think another thing is in Saving Private Ryan, they had a lot more like moments of dialogue. Like mm-hmm. you, you kind of learned a good bit about each of the characters. Some, some a lot less than others, but you did learn a lot about the characters through a lot of dialogue. With this, like you said, they set it up in such a small amount of time. Like I think uh, Blake had died within maybe the first forty-five minutes of the movie, and it's he a two-hour movie. Yeah. Um, and you like, at least I felt like very sad by that situation, uh, that happened because you felt close with the guy and he probably didn't have an extreme amount of lines either going up to that point. It was just mostly you witnessing the interactions that he had and even like a body language that really brought you close to that particular character. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that says a lot about, um, how the cinematography is in general uh, to help bring you so close to these characters in such a s- short amount of time. Yeah. I think I think the cinematography has to be it, on fucking you point know, to do it that. It shows you. It does. It shows you mm-hmm. the importance of cinematography in a movie, especially like this. Like, and right. you know, you know what is really interesting that I was that just popped into my brain is that they focus on their feet a lot and it's Mm. like you're walking in their footsteps you know so Mm. i think that that's why that was why they did that so when you see someone's feet and like they show it especially at times of like like where they're walking through the mud you know so you see the mud on their it's just their shoes and the mud and it's nasty so you can you look at it and you're like holy fuck man like imagine and and they're acting like it's not even you know whatever you know this is just fucking war but you're, right. when you watch it and you see all the mud all over and stuff, you you feel, you know, it gives you a feeling for them. And then, like, um, and another one of my favorite moments was when uh, he is uh, walking across that bridge. So they show his mm. foot footsteps walking across the bridge. And so you get, like, intimately and you understand, like, okay, you, you have to do that. And then as he nears the edge he gets shot at and I like oh, literally scared the shit out of me d- too. I'd like oh. the, the <laughs> yeah, it, they make it look like it's going right at your head and the noise is so like loud. You, I, I ducked. Kinda ducked. I like duck down <laughs> because it's just like, you feel yeah. like you're there with this guy. Um, and I think the, those certain angles make you feel that way because you're feeling like when you shoot at certain angles, it makes you feel like you're there because if let's say you're walking through the mud, you're probably going to be looking down 
you know, at right. your shoes. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be yep. looking, and you're going to see the people in front of you. So you're going to be looking down and because you're going to be treading through the mud and making sure you don't step in this place where you can't, where you shouldn't be. Exactly. And then yeah. when you're on that, like when he's on that little thing, like walking like a tightrope, you'd be looking down at your feet because that's where you oh, have yeah. to focus, you know? So it's like little yeah. things like that are just amazing, you know? Like instead of having a shot of him just walking across, they're showing you his feet, you know? And, and that, it's those things that just make the cinematography. I mean, it shows how genius Roger Deakins is with cinematography and understanding that this is, you know, how you should shoot these types of uh, shoot these types of uh, scenes, you know, when you're going through that. Right. Yeah. Definitely made for a way more intimate scene there. And, um, and overall the entire movie, I agree. Yeah. I, I didn't even pay attention to the, to the footsteps there, but now that I'm thinking about it, it was, they totally gave you that perspective a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I, I do feel like that gave an effect on it. it it put an effect on yourself, sort of putting you in those shoes, making you feel like you were really in the battle, really in the moment. Um, and I think only cinematography like that can actually do that. Uh, the cinematography, not to go back to Saving Private Ryan, but because it's such a another good movie, it was different. It was more like of like a wider scene. Yeah, and you were kind of viewing the people who are part of that scene. You didn't feel like you were as much in the movie. You were more like you were witnessing something yeah, happen. Yeah, you're witnessing. Yeah, it's more. It's more theatrical. Well, yeah, it's just more like a like a big blockbuster film, you know. Right. Exactly. And I and other movies did war movies did that as well. Um, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, Apocalypse Now. More it wasn't like more focused. They had a lot of wide shots, just kind of looking over the character and, and made you feel like you were kind of looking on the outside, but this one felt like you were in it. And I thought that was a a cool idea. Very well done. Yeah. And not a lot of, uh, movies do that sort of thing. And I think for, uh, a not often told tale of world war one, I think it was very important for, um, this film yeah no i think yeah i think it was it was important for them i know I, i've i've heard some people who don't like that it's one shot and i just why? don't understand why the only the only thing i could see why people would say that is if you just want to be pretentious like if you just want to be that dude who's like well it's it's one shot, but they didn't have to do that. So whatever. Like I, that's the only reason why I could see people saying that because it just feels like, cause everyone's saying this movie's so good because it did that, you know? So I feel like the people yeah, who are saying someone being, that they didn't like that is just because they intentionally contrary. Are, yeah. Intentionally <laughs> contrary because now they're like, it's like a, like they're like a hipster. Now that people right. are understanding that it's one shot, like they're trying to do one shot it's like well that ain't cool anymore it was cool when birdman did it because birdman was weird and out there and eccentric and but when a big movie like 1917 does it it becomes not cool anymore so it's like well they didn't have to do it that way but they did have to do it this way for the story that he was trying to tell if he didn't do it this way i think 
personally, I don't think this movie would be that good. In my opinion, it would not it be. It, it would, would not be. be. It's like, a very simple story. Like, uh, it doesn't have very many characters. You need this type of cinematography to to tell this particular story. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they needed it, but I just don't think it would have been a, as good of a film. Like, it just wouldn't have hit as hard if 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 they didn't do that. Like if you're not if they're not running through the street through that city and going in and out and all and ducking through and stuff like that, it just wouldn't be as impactful. You you wouldn't you wouldn't feel for the character as much. You know you just wouldn't no. because you're when you're ducking in and out and you're feeling the cameras moving around, you're feeling what the character's feeling in that moment, and it's like it's just sheer terror of like how the fuck am I going to get out of here? You know and like. It's um, like you're on one of those rides, like 3D rides that you're kind of just involved in, where, where the screen's kind of moving. It actually kind of feels like you're in the damn thing. Yeah, so. that's what they wanted you to. Sh- they wanted yeah. it to be intimate to 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 what one soldier would have to go through. Like, it's right. not. It that's what it's about, and that's why they did that because it's <laughs> it's not on the it's not on the scale of what Saving Private Ryan was. You know, it's 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 on a lesser version it's on the version of the individual guy like saving private ryan is on a whole troop of people this is on one individual guy who you know you have to care for and you have to feel for and you have to understand and if they didn't do that you wouldn't understand as much right that's how i feel like that's why like that's the art and the beauty of film for me like, and when you want to be contrarian to what is actually good in film, then you're just an asshole, I think. Well, you got to give a good reason why. Well, there That's is no... The only reason I could think of, and I don't feel this at all, is that um, because you're following that person moment by moment, the the story is a little bit longer because you're going through, I don't know, because you're following it inch by inch you're following yeah, that, that could, person that, inch by that inch. could be the only issue i could see someone saying is like it might have dragged on for them because of that because they didn't get to right. see the peripheral view of everything you know right because um, you could you could like be like okay we could just cut this whole part out but since you're following that individual right behind them you, you can't just like cut that out but yeah <laughs> you can't cut this portion no, out. but that's so. that'll be my steven rant it's like hey man when you watch a fucking movie and you know shit is good, don't say it's bad just to be cool. Because it's not right, cool. You, guess what? You're just an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you are just an asshole. Enjoy a movie for for it being good. Go watch you know what I would say, like, when you watch films like this, go watch behind the scenes. Go watch all of that. Because if even if you didn't like it, like understanding how I'm, someone yeah. technically makes something like like with our last movie uncut gems kevin didn't like it so much but maybe if you did a little bit more research on like how they created it and stuff you'd have more of an appreciation for it and it would right. go the same with this like if you look at the work that they put into this film like when they show you how they make like how they made running through the city like the cameraman had to like run through the city around him then they fucking have to like get in front of him jump on a jeep and fucking drive away on a jeep and then they like and then they're moving the camera onto another platform and moving it around it's wild man like all the coordination everything and all the work that had to be done a lot of movies don't do that like there's so much no. prep that had to go into this movie there are there are movies like 
that no prep for like especially for actors goes into it at all like the actor just goes on set does their fucking lines and goes home there's a lot of films like that and this shows these dudes had to be out in a field rehearsing for long for months and months and months so to, to i do actually this. have detail on that yeah they had uh six months yeah how long it took them to rehearse this it's a long time man six months and that's a yeah that's a lot for actors like you said usually it's like one month boom you're done some are even like two it might weeks. not even be yeah you you just come in you you go out and you're done like this, this takes a lot of commitment from the actors, all the actors there. Yeah. Um, especially the stars, obviously, but uh, even the side actors, because they got to stick around. They, all the extras, they got to be ready and in their places and on the ball. If you fuck up, you can fuck up the whole scene. You can fuck up the whole nine minutes of film that you just. Yeah, exactly. When do. you fuck so. up one thing, like I mean, a lot of times they actually kept going. There's um, actually. The end scene where he's running yeah. and the bombs are falling. When he gets hit by the dudes and falls over, that wasn't supposed to happen. Oh, really? Yeah, he just they huh. that just they just, they ran just into kept him going, by and he well, yeah, they he ran in because they were just miss a little bit off timing, so he ran into him. But he realized since he's he works in theater, um, the actor realized, hey, just you just keep, keep going. going. You don't stop until the director says cut. You know, you just keep yeah, going, and going, and going and going and going and going. Because when you do stuff like that, I, that actually made that scene more intense, and it made it more, it made it, it feel did. more realistic. Because you wouldn't, if you it were chaotic, if you're thinking about uh, doing one thing, you're gonna only see what's in front of you. You know, he's not gonna right. be looking around and being like, I gotta run in between all these like, soldiers. <laughs> he's like, yeah. I gotta fucking this is my last attempt to get this message to this guy because they're already running out. The front line is now running out and getting bombed. So I have to get there. And this is the only way I'm going to do that. And he jumps, he's the first dude to jump out and start running. And then all the other guys are now following. And that was so intense. And I'm glad that they didn't do any other takes that that happened. And they kept that one because it really felt intense and it was just perfect to the, to the film to what it was going for hmm. yeah i didn't know that uh that that happened that's kind of cool i like that yeah um one last thing i saw and it's kind of to go back to what you were saying about the no-name actors kind of that i feel helped uh, a lot with the film um is that you had the two stars kind of be almost no-name actors yeah um you had a, a bunch of stars for little cameos or whatever, mm-hmm. but most for the most part, just these two guys. Um, but Tom Holland was supposed to be the other guy, Blake. Oh, really? And he turned down the role because of uh, because of a scheduling issue. Mm-hmm. I'm actually glad it wasn't Tom Holland because he's too recognizable. Yeah, especially opinion. now. I mean, maybe when he took the right. maybe when he took the gig, he wasn't that recognizable yet. That could have been, yeah. Um, when they, probably when they wanted him, because I'm sure this movie was just a lot, like, was a long time in the in the making, you know? Like, I'm sure That's true. they probably had him in mind before he was big. And you know what? They might have, after uh, Spider-Man and everything came out, they might have actually tried to cut him because maybe they wouldn't have wanted him anymore, you know? Because I'm sure that, it was probably before Spider-Man when they, when they were in talks with him. 
because this right. movie had to be i mean i'm sure sam mendez was working has been working on this film for a long time and all the because like they had to go out and you know they they built these little uh miniatures of what they wanted and stuff like that and they obviously you have to like they had to go find a place where they could film they had to structure it and under and measure it and understand all of these like things that they needed to do because everything has to be done in a, in a perfect sequence. You can't be out of sequence. So you have to understand mathematically how you're going to get this done, you know? So they right. had to be researching for so fucking long to do this film. Oh. Like there, there had to be so much that went into it behind the scenes outside of just like filming, you know, like just people, looking at locations and stuff like that and um looking at how you build a uh, set or or something that's going to be cyclical so you can film in a certain way you know like all of that stuff that you have to think about it's got to be so fucking hard man and stressful it's got i, I mean i'm sure it feels amazing to to do it you know but like thinking about it you got to be racking your brain and you got because you got to also like not only do you have to find a path for the actors you have to find a path for the camera to go too so you have to say well if i and then you have to understand like okay if i move this camera over here is that going to give us a good angle on what we need to do but if i move it over here what kind of angle is that going to give us if i go down here what kind of angles like all of these things that you have to deduce is is just wild you know like and i think that i think a lot of times this kind of stuff that we're talking about gets lost, you know, for, for people who actually go watch a movie. I think people who go watch a movie go, well, they had $200 million so much time to make this movie. And dude, like really, I think the budget on this movie was like under a hundred million. So it's really not that much (laughs) for, for what they were trying to do. And you don't, I mean, you don't have unlimited time. You have to do like certain things and they had to do certain things at certain times because they wanted to make, make things look similar. So you have to do things at a certain time of day. And then if you fuck up, guess what? You can't do that. Do it for the rest of the day. You have to go tomorrow. So, cause you have to get it in the timeline of when you need to get it. So it looks like the same time of day, you know? So it's like, a lot of people don't think of these things. Yeah, yeah so when, that's true. You're not thinking of it that, is like, a lot. and that's especially when you're trying to do the one take thing. Like when you try to do right. it in that way, if you fuck up, you have to go tomorrow. You know, like, mm-hmm. um, so it just makes it that much harder. And a lot of that's why other films can, some films get made in two weeks, like completely filmed in like two weeks time, because you don't have to worry about that shit. It's like, well, I wonder if when he was writing this, um, if they had thought to knock him out and do that whole cut at that moment to cut to kind of nighttime to get where that the whole city's on fire sort of thing. I wonder if they did that because it might have been too hard to actually continue the cut into the night to get that sort of burning city and stuff how could you even do that in one cut that would have been like nearly impossible yeah um yeah i mean they they, it could have it could have been just you know maybe he was maybe it was like something where he had to rack his brain to be like how do i do this you know how do we do right how do we because i'm sure he wanted to make the whole thing one one cut like look like it was one cut about it 
but yeah, it probably was like, shit, man, this is so hard to pull off. I don't know how we're going to do this. So we might have to do it this way. Um, yeah. Which in, in the end, I think it was a good move. It worked anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just, when you think about all of the stuff that has to go into it, like that's why I always, <laughs> I always, especially for artsy films or like films that I know are, there's a lot of work done. I don't ever side with the audience. I always side with the creators because I understand, like, I try to put myself in the position of, like, knowing what they went through to make something that they're passionate about. Even if I didn't like the movie that much, like, like we were talking about, remember when we were talking about Game of Thrones and I was, I'm like, why, like, I'm annoyed at all the people who hate on uh, the writers because in the end, like, yeah, they may have fucked up the show and they might not have done a good job, but they put way more work into what they did than what people are like acting Giving like they did. Credit for those him. dudes are yeah. those dudes did something on a scale that one guy can't pull off in 15 years. George R. R. Martin, he can't even fucking write a book in 15 years. Like these dudes had to pull off writing a whole season in freaking a, a year time of like that. So I I've. I, and when TV, especially with TV, like I've watched a lot of things about people who make stuff like even the, even on a show like workaholics, I watched how those dudes mm-hmm. made workaholics and they basically say like, we don't have a life when we're, when we're making our show, there is no life because all we're doing is working on our show and doing this show. So I don't think right. people understand how much those dudes did work for that show and that's why that's probably why they're not talk they don't want to go out and talk about it because they probably are like you guys don't fucking understand like you're just going to and they don't and what you don't want to do that you don't want to stand out there right. and be like you guys don't fucking understand because these dudes are millionaires you know like they make right. millions of dollars they reaped <laughs> the reward from all these people who put a, a lot of time into watching the show. So yeah, you're going to be pissed off when it doesn't, when it's not that good, you know? But the thing is, is, and I, I was definitely, I didn't think it was as good, you know, but it's just like, that's, I'm just saying like, just as an example, you got to put that into perspective. You got to put that into perspective. And I feel like a lot of people don't. And I feel like a lot of people are assholes. (laughs) Like, because it's, it would be like me, you know, if you did a bad job being an engineer or something going to your work and just telling you that you didn't do any work, you know, that you suck right, at your yeah, job and be like me walking into your place and be like, Hey engineer, dude, guess what? You fucking suck at your job because guess what? The last thing that you engineered was a piece of shit. So fuck you. You suck. You right. ruined my life. You piece of shit. You know, like that, that would be, it'd be like that, you know? And that's why I, I just, I don't like, I don't like doing stuff like that. I don't like getting so mad about something that I disliked to the point where I just get angry at someone who created it, you know? Yeah, it's not <laughs> worth it. It's a little, it's a little bit disheartening, but I I don't feel like there are people, like you said, probably complain about this movie, but, um, in that style, but like you said, you got to really kind of take into account even if you don't like that style understand what it took to do it. yeah what it took to make it and so you can you can uh, do something and, and, and try to understand like the feel that they were trying to portray yeah. there like what they were trying to do and that will uh really like you said make you appreciate 
appreciate it long, yeah, it's a just, little bit more. Like I have to do with Uncut Gems, I probably should read about it. And just maybe if you understand what the creator was going for a little bit better, you might like the the film a little bit better. Yeah, if you just it, understand, yeah, it makes you, like you might not like the movie any better, but it makes you appreciate um, what, they what, what people are trying to do. You know, you might go, well, exactly. I didn't really like Uncut Gems and I still don't like it, but now I understand what they're doing and I have an appreciation for what they're trying to do. You know, and, uh, or same with 19, and I never have to 1917, you go, well, you know, <laughs> I, I don't, I didn't understand what they were trying to do. I didn't like that. But if you watch it and you go, well, holy shit. Now I see all the work that they had to put in and, and then compare it to another, like, like go look up another movie that you like and like, see how they had to technically make that movie, you know, and maybe compare it. Yeah. Cause I, it might make yeah. you more appreciative of the movie that you like, or maybe you, you might like, be oh, like, wow, you might, that movie wasn't as well, good, you though. might think like, <laughs> well, it might put into perspective and go, wow, I didn't understand how hard, hard, uh, of a job it is, you know, to do that kind of thing. Like you right. might go, Oh, it took them three weeks to film that. Oh, but it took them freaking eight months to film this. Why, you know, and like understand why, because then you, they will tell you why it took that long and they'll, you, you can learn about film and learn. And about then art the and... other thing is you might look back on something. You'll be like, I really hated that movie. And someone might tell you, Oh no, it was done technically right. Then you do a little bit of research on it. Found like, find out that it wasn't technically good. Then you can be like, fuck you. It was a bad movie, so yeah. so maybe you might find more information and actually find out that it was. Yeah, you can definitely was technically bad, <laughs> and that you're right all along. Yeah. Um. But uh, I don't have anything more for this movie. I think it was phenomenal. Um, and uh, it it it'll be hard for me to watch again just because it was so uh such a sad and heavy movie like it was so heavy yeah that it's a very hard movie to watch i think in in my opinion most uh war movies are um they're like once a year sort of thing for me <laughs> because otherwise it's just so heavy that you just kind of feel like shit for a little bit while uh, for a while just after watching it even though it was such a good movie you still kind of feel like shit just because of all you, you think of how it actually was there and how other people must have felt in that situation. And it's yeah. Tough. Yeah. I mean, I'll definitely watch it again. Um, I will watch it again. I'll I probably just watch it a lot. I don't know when, because it's just, you know, it is heavy and it is emotional, but for, for me, I just, I loved it a lot and I'll, I'll definitely be yeah, going back I to it. Like too. I will, I will probably watch it the day it comes out like on uh blu-ray like i'll probably watch it because i really i already want to watch it again um i just have a really hard time with like dramatic movies in general watching them over and over again because it's just it just sucks me into the the whole thing and then i feel just not as great after the movie just because they're they're a lot more of a downer but yeah, I mean, I feel like this movie is heavy, but I don't. So I'll just add one. This will be my last, my final, my final uh, hurrah. hurrah about this film. So <laughs> the film starts, and 
I, I was just thinking about this. The film starts and that kid, uh, Schofield, is laying against a tree. And it ends with him sitting down against the tree at the end. Um, and I just, I just feel like that's the cyclical nature of, of war, you know, like you start or you end where you began because like, like the guy, like Benedict Cumberbatch said, like, we're going to go back out there, dude. Like this ain't stopping any, anybody dying. Like, right. You're all, you're all going back out again. But it also yeah. like it shows that, but then but then it twists that. So I and I think that he did this for a reason. Like he start he ended it where it began because um, he wanted to show that it's that yes, it's a cycle, but it's also he's also breaking that cycle and it starts and you learn more about him because he takes the pictures out and you see his child and his wife. right um, yeah yeah and you see like his reason for his just reason true reason for living so he can live for his family you know so he can get back to his family and that's you know that's the reason for being there like it might not be the best like it might not be um the reason to go to war but it's the reason he's there and the reason he's doing what he's doing is so he can get back to his family you know because that's the most important thing in the world is being with your family and being able to share the story with someone you love. And then maybe they make a movie about it, you know? So it's like, yeah, like, I mean, obviously this isn't a fully true story. It was inspired. And that's another thing. I don't think we said that, uh, this isn't, no, we didn't. uh, Sam Mendes wrote this inspired by his, I think his grandfather. Um, and, uh, his grandfather was a messenger in World War One, and he probably I'm I'm not sure like how Sam Mendes wrote this, but I think it's like just probably inspired by moments of talking and stories from his grandfather, you know. Right. Um. Yeah. So it's not a it's not a true story of of World War One. It's you know inspired it's just inspired by, a true by story inspired by a actual person who was involved in World War One. Right. You know, so, yeah. um, which, you know, I, I like that. I'm fine with that. I don't. Yeah. I, I think they, yeah. you know, it doesn't need to be a fully true story. Sometimes, no. uh, it, just having an inspiration and like even, uh, saving private Ryan was inspired by. Yeah. By, by uh, II, so. well, saving private Ryan was just inspired by a certain, not like an actual event, but just a certain idea from, war you know like if if all of your siblings are dying like what should you do right right um but yeah i mean and i and i i appreciate what sam mendez did and what he wrote um yeah and how he's kind of immortalizing his his loved one you know and 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 also immortalizing the soldiers that fought in world war one and the soldiers that fought in any war because it's you know, it's showing how hard moments are, like, just for an individual. Right. Yeah, it really could have been about any war, to be honest. Yeah. Because that's just how, that's just what the story pretty much told. Mm-hmm. So, um, One last thing I wanted to mention, that tree that you were talking about. I was reading this thing on IMDb. Uh, apparently, uh, one of the extras said that all, all the guys, they, they couldn't, like, uh, 
find a bathroom to go to so they were actually peeing on that tree but they didn't realize it was actually going to be the ending scene <laughs> where the guy was going to lay so he was laying on a tree just kind of full of piss full of piss hey man that actually probably happened in war too it, it probably you did. sat on a tree that tree everyone pissed there. on man that's just just life the, that's be, the piss I mean, tree and and probably most trees just you kind of lay up against. They've been a pissing tree at one point, so just know that. <laughs> yep. And with that, do you have anything else? No, that's it. I mean, there's definitely cool. more that we could talk about, but this oh, this pod, no this episode could be three hours long. You know, there's so much to yeah, talk longer about. Longer than the movie itself. Yeah, there there's so <laughs> there. I mean, there's just so much to talk. Oh, about. Oh yeah, no, there is a ton where, to talk about. Uh, yeah, I mean, you just got to go watch it, and if you didn't, if you haven't seen it, um, you and you, and you didn't see it in the theater, you definitely missed out. Well, now you don't need to see it because we just yeah we just about spoiled it. Well, it so much you can just imagine it in mm-hmm. your mind. True. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the episode, and we'll talk to you guys later. Yep. See you next time. See Bye. Ya.